We just want to say thank you, moms, for all that uh, you do, have done, still do. You play such a vital role in our society and in our homes. And so today we are going to talk a little bit about the value of a mother. So you have that outline. If you want to take that out and be prepared for that. Uh, really, this message is addressed to, though, not just mothers, but every female who is here. Um, not just those of you who are mothers, but also those who may want to be mothers one day and uh, maybe cannot become mothers yet. We pray for you in that endeavor as the Lord really fills in those gaps. This is addressed to all men as well here today, because sometimes I think we take our moms for granted or the roles that these women play in our homes, in our society. Uh, I mean, the first time I really, really valued my wife as a mother was when I had to stay home with my two kids longer than just an hour or two, right? So you got this long day and a stretch, and she comes home, and I said, you do this every day, and yeah, that's the way it is. And so I, I thought, you know, there's a reason that dads don't make as good babysitters as as moms do or longer-term child care. And so let me show you some of those reasons. Now, this is not me. I did not do any of these pictures, but I've wanted to do some of them. So let me show you a couple pictures of why. Um, yeah, yeah. Why men don't make good babysitters, right? Okay, go ahead and go to the next one there. Uh, you, you see the, the, the car seat over here? Yeah. It's a good call. It's a good call. How about this next one? Why men don't make good babysitters? Okay. I've thought about doing that one. I've thought about that one before, but have not done that. Uh, go to the next one here. Th- this is ingenious, right? That, that's ingenious. Just kind of put the baby right in there and have it cuddle and snuggle up. Uh, go ahead and go to the next one here. Uh, yeah, okay, plastic sword, yes, but there's something about this cage fighting thing that's a little uh, disturbing, I would say. Uh, and then this last one, this is ingenious. Is this not? You see what's going on there? He's got a little, he's got a little rope. He's just kind of kicking back, and there's... That's ingenious right there. Wow. All right, yeah, all right, we'll be done with that. Iced tea, that was iced tea, yeah. Um, You know, I'm not much of a joke teller, but one of my favorite Mother's Day jokes is the one about the three expectant fathers who are in a waiting room of the hospital waiting to give their wives to give birth. Um, So they're out in the waiting room, and the nurse comes out, and she says to the first father, she says, congratulations, uh, you just had twins. And he looks around, I mean, he's just like overwhelmed, and and then he starts to scratch his head, and he he thinks, wow, that is so cool, because I happened to pitch for the Minnesota Twins. That is just like really, really strange, but wow, thank you. And as he is having this discussion, another nurse then comes out, and uh, she says to another of the uh, expecting fathers, she says, wow, you'll never believe this, but you just had triplets. He looks around and he says, oh my goodness, wow. You know, that's kind of strange, amazing, but kind of strange because I work for 3M Company. I mean, this is just 
really, really weird, really strange. And no sooner than they had quit that discussion when another nurse came out um, and, uh, and was getting ready to talk to another father, and that father got up, he became hysterical, he became freaking out, he started running around, running out the door, and the other dad said, wait, 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 what's wrong, what's, what's, what's wrong? And he said, I work for a 7-Eleven store and I'm getting out of here. <laughs> So whether it is seven children or 11 or 19 kids and counting, um, I think it's important for us to know, and all of you who are parents would want this to be known, the verse at the top of our page on your outline, which is Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. This is actually the um, fifth of the Ten Commandments, but it says this. In fact, would you read this with me? Let's read it together off the screen. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And Paul reminds us in the book of Ephesians that this is the first commandment that actually has a promise. In fact, would you just underline that? You can underline the promise here, that your days may be long in the land. That's the promise that comes from honoring your father and your mother. Because honestly, the things that we learn at home from our parents, and especially learn from mom many times in many ways, go way beyond that parent-child relationship. Understand this. The things that we learn at home teach us to have healthy relationships with those in authority, When we get out to our workplaces and other places, they teach us how to function in society. They teach us how to treat other people with respect. All going back to what moms have taught us, what dads have taught us, hopefully in the homes. In fact, how someone honors or dishonors their parents often turns out how they honor or dishonor their spouse. Please hear that. Okay, and those of you who are not married yet, maybe you're dating, young women, watch and see how the person you're dating or will date relates to their mother. Because how they relate to their mother is often how they will end up relating to you. Well beyond, you know, just the how are you, you know, fine, good in the month, two months, three months when we can kind of fake it. All right? You can see that. Young men, dating men, men who are looking ahead, see how does she treat her father? How does she treat her parents? And that becomes very cyclical, not only in in relationships, but also in parenting. How oftentimes we are parented is how we end up parenting for good or for bad, positive or negative, how we end up parenting to the next generation as well. And so moms, uh, much of that kind of has fallen to you and you do a wonderful job. You play, as I said, such an important job and place in our society, not only in our homes, but in our society as well. And so I think it's really important to remember, um, though, moms, as you're kind of feeling the weight of that, we're trying to celebrate you here today, but, but, but some of you, you know, you realize, you know what, I didn't do this perfectly. You didn't have to. There's no perfect mom that never has been, there never will be. Mom gives you one of the highest calling of being a mother, but he doesn't pop the uh, owner's manual out when the baby comes out, Right? You don't have that there, and so you don't know. It can become very difficult. It's not easy. And by the way, can I just say this? God had kind of a tough time with his first two children as well, right? Remember them? Okay, Adam and Eve. And that wasn't God's fault. That wasn't the parents' fault. 
Kids, we're, we're, we're born into this, and, and we often choose not to follow our parents. And so, moms, I just want to say, give yourself grace. We give you grace. Give yourself grace. There are no perfect moms, uh, even in the midst of maybe even failing and having difficult times. It's okay to, to teach your children from those days where maybe you've lost your temper or something like, like that. Give encouragement. Everyone has a bad day. Moms, you have an incredibly high calling in your life, but you're not called to do it perfectly. You're just called to do it to the best of your ability. Amen? Amen. That's what I want to encourage you with. In fact, many of us have probably heard that saying, behind every great man, there's a great woman, right? Oftentimes that refers to or is thinking of the wife that's there. Let me kind of expand that just a bit. Behind every great person, there's often a great woman, and it's often mom. So how do we say thank you? How, how do we live out kind of that happy Mother's Day? How do we value our mothers? Well, that takes into account the life stage that you are at. And I know I'm speaking to everybody here who's probably uh, 9, 10, 11 years of age, all the way up to people who are in their 90s. So how do you do that when you're trying to say or live a, val- live a life that values your mom? Depends on what life stage you are in and what life stage your, your parent or your mom is in. And so if you have your outline, you can see what I put on there. Um, and by the way, you know, I hope this isn't just a one-day type of thing. I hope we live a lifestyle of appreciating and thanking our moms. Scripture talks about that, the value of that, long life that is in that. Um, but I wrote on the top of the page there, how do I honor my mother? The first thing I wrote down there was... Uh, as a child, I honor my mother by obeying and respecting her. By obeying and respecting her. Some of you moms want to say amen to that? Okay, I thought you might. I thought you might. Obeying and respecting. Look what it says out of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is... What's the word there? This is... This is right. Scripture says, obey. Obey your parents. And in Proverbs chapter uh, 23... First part says, listen to your father who gave you life. Do not despise your mother when she is old. And let me encourage you, those of you who are young parents and maybe, maybe even grandparents here who see now your children parenting your grandchildren, let, let me just give you a word of encouragement here. Young parents, demand this from your children. Demand it from them at a young age. They may not think they want boundaries and guidelines and discipline, but all children do. We crave the boundaries. Children, children want that kind of guidance. And so grandparents, if you even say, yeah, I didn't do that very well, great. Instill that in your kids that they will pass that down to your grandkids. Oftentimes what happens is that as young parents, we might try and kind of almost befriend our kids. Or we might think, you know what, I want them to like me. I don't want to be very hard on them. And so we go from a place of kind of being easygoing and maybe relaxed parents at the beginning because they can't get in too much trouble. And then as they approach those teenage years, we think, oh my goodness, they can really get into trouble in those years. And so we lock it down and we clamp down on them and say, no, you've got to stay. You know, I clamp down underneath my authority. It's backwards, folks. If you can give them higher discipline, higher structure, the younger they are, 
They will learn the value of authority. They will learn the value of respect. They will learn then, when they get into their teenage years, that you as a parent are able to kind of take a step back, still underneath your guidance, still watching them as they're now making decisions in life, but you're able to take a step back and have influence from maybe a step further. That's the way to parent, rather than being very relaxed at the beginning and then trying to clamp it down when they get into their young adult years, because that will make them run. That will make it, it's hard to go from a low structure to a high structure instead of the other way around. So let me encourage you. As a child, if your parent is trying to do that, stay with them. They love you. They care for you. They're giving you those boundaries. And as a child, the way you value your mother and the way you value your parents from the very beginning is by obeying and respecting her. Secondly, let's go a little bit more up the ladder of the age as a young person, maybe even as a very young adult. I honor my mother by accepting and appreciating her. By accepting and appreciating her. Proverbs 23 says in the good news, when your mother is old, show her your appreciation. Because it's, it's somewhere in these formidable years that we see our mothers as real people, don't we? We see them as humans. Wow, they're, they're real and they make mistakes. They do things and they, they're not perfect. We, we actually, in this stage of life, we can actually even develop and kind of come into a friendship with them. We can begin to understand the sacrifices that your mom has made for your happiness in life. Maybe you can begin to appreciate your mom for the life that she has given to you. Maybe you begin to appreciate her for the efforts that she's made in life. And and it's amazing how much smarter she gets, right? The older we get, the more we ask advice at those stages where we're ready to listen to it and we're ready to hear it. And yet, you know, you might wonder, you know, why why does mom do that? Why, why, Why did mom do the things that she did? Well, it's interesting how God made moms and how God made dads. And, and actually on um, Saturday or Friday night when we have the date night, we're going to show uh, this video a speaker uh, called Mark Gunger. He's a pastor, but also very right on with understanding the differences between men and women and marriages and, and husbands and wives, but also relates over to moms and dads and how they have thought for years. So we're going to go ahead and show this about a three-minute clip um, so you can understand a little bit more about maybe your parents and the parenting style you are uh, compared to men and women. Now, I want to start with men's brains. All right. Now, men's brains are, are very unique. Men's brains are made up of little boxes. And we have a box for everything. We've got a box for the car. We've got a box for the money. We've got a box for the job. We've got a box for you. We've got a box for the kids. We've got a box for your mother somewhere in the basement. We got, we got, we, we got boxes everywhere. And the rule is, the boxes don't touch. (laughs) When a man discusses a particular subject, we go to that particular box, we pull that box out, we open the box, We discuss only what is in that box. All right? And and, and then we close the box and put it away being very, very careful not to touch 
any other boxes. <laughs> now, women's brains are very, very different from men's brains. Women's brains are made up of a big ball of wire. <laughs> and everything is connected to everything. <laughs> the money's connected to the car, and the car's connected to your job, and your kids are connected to your mother, and everything's connected to everything. It's like... <laughs> it's like the internet superhighway. Okay. And, and it's all driven by energy that we call emotion. It's, just, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why women tend to remember everything. Because if you take an event and you connect it to an emotion, it burns in your memory and you can remember it forever. The same thing happens for men. It just doesn't happen very often because, quite frankly, we don't care. Now you understand mom a little bit more, right? And dad. Again, Pastor Scott said those tickets are on sale in the um, Next Step Center if you want to come on Friday night. But uh, really, it, it helps us to appreciate how God made us differently and how God didn't make a perfect mom. And, and now we come to the place of saying, okay, she may not be perfect, but I accept her and I appreciate her. Um, did you know that by the time your children are 18 years of age, I just looked this up on Google this week, 18 years of age, parents, you spend a quarter of a million dollars on them, to bring them from age zero to 18. That means if you're raising four kids, they're out of the house, you would have been a millionaire. <laughs> you're, you're not. <laughs> What's the alternative? What's the alternative to not appreciating mom, accepting mom? Uh, the alternative really comes out of Scripture as well. Look at Proverbs 20.20. 20. It says, if one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in other darkness. And that's just not, you know, a physical life snuffed out, but really an emotional one with, with people who, who, are, who are emotionally bitter because they did not honor their parents and learn the value of that in those young adult years. No matter what the generation, I, I mean, those teenage years, even some of those young adult years, they can be tough. They, they can be very difficult. Maybe you never did value your mother the way you should. Maybe you never did give your mother appreciation and acceptance. I mean, you might be in here today and you might be, you know, 25, 35. You might be in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever it may be. And you've never really honored your mother. There could still be friction. In fact, your mother may have passed on. And you know that you had that rocky relationship with her. I want to challenge you, especially if your mother is still living. I want to challenge you not to just gloss over those troubles, but to honor her. And it, honoring doesn't mean to just fake it, but to face it. And if your mother's passed on, there's not much you can do there. You can certainly get on your knees before the Lord and say, God, I, I just want your spirit to be upon me and, and know how appreciative and thankful I am. It may not have been a perfect relationship, but but I want to get this out in the open. And for those of you whose mothers are alive, maybe a phone call, maybe a visit, maybe you look into the eye and say, I appreciate you, I love you. Something maybe you never did before.
which takes us into the last stage, really, of our lives, and that would be as an adult. I would say, as an adult, I honor my mother by affirming and not abandoning her. By affirming her and not abandoning her. You know, for many, the older our mothers and parents get, the less respect they get. All those affirming friendships possibly die off. Their skills are not wanted in the marketplace. There's not as much of that affirmation on the job as maybe there used to be. Or there's busy kids, and so they don't have as much time for their parents. Or maybe they live very lonely lives. Hear me on this, please. Older parents desperately need to know that they made a positive contribution to your life. Pastor Scott read from Proverbs 31 where he talks about children rise up and call their mother blessed. Older adults, older mothers need to know that you made, that they made a positive contribution to your life and helped you to become the person you are today. A few years ago, I uh, walked into a hospital room, and um, I knew it was a, a, a woman who was dying of cancer. She was an older woman who was dying of cancer. And um, as I walked in, I saw someone feeding uh, this woman. And um, in my mind, I just kind of thought that it was the nurse or the uh, therapist, physical therapist, to be working with her. But uh, I soon came to realize that this was the dying woman's daughter who was in there who was now feeding her mother. Much like probably her mother fed her some 40, 45, 50 years earlier. And now she was in that place of taking care of her mom. You know, the opposite of that is, is true as well. Sometimes we hear these grim fairy tales. I don't know if you've heard this one, the grim fairy tale of the man and the woman who were married. Um, it was a man who was married to a very foolish woman. They shared a five-year-old son and it happened to be that the woman's mother-in-law came to live with them and so while they were living with them the daughter or the the woman really was kind of ripping on the mother-in-law for being so aged and she would she would dribble when she would eat and she would clatter the bowl and the spoon together when they ate at the table and it annoyed the woman so much that she looked and she said well if you're going to eat like a child we'll put you at the child's table and so they did. And she would eat and dribble out of the corner of her mouth, and the woman would say, that's so unappetizing. And then the day came when the old woman's hands were so brittle and fragile that she couldn't hold bowls anymore, and one slipped and dropped and crashed on the floor. The woman said, if you are going to eat like a pig, we'll put you out of the pig's trough. And so they did. One day, the man and the woman were proudly looking at their son building something out in the woodpile. They came up to him and said, so son, what are you building? And longing for their approval, he said, mom and dad, I'm building you a pig trough. So one day, when you're old, you can eat from it. See, it comes full circle, doesn't it? Comes to a place where our children come and they do the same things we do. And, and perhaps, perhaps even today, you have not appreciated your mother. And perhaps your children have observed that for years. Good place to show them now. You know, we all are not perfect. We do make mistakes. But it's never too late to show the value, even to an aging parent, and the love to them. First Timothy 
emphasizes this. These are all biblical principles that we're talking about. First Timothy says in 5.4, they should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and their grandparents. For this is pleasing to God. Put your religion into practice. Care for those who are closest to you. Care for your family. And you know, I realize that there are some of you in here who, who don't face that yet if you're younger and your parents are not of that age. But there are many people in here today who are caring for your aging parents. I can't think of a higher calling than to do that, to love them and come alongside them. You know, that was modeled in Scripture as well. Jesus, as he was dying on the cross, looked down and saw his mother and said, Mom, Here's now your son, John. John, here is now your mother. Making sure that his mother was taken care of, even as he was being crucified for my sins, for your sins. We're called to that. We're called to that place to honor, honor our parents, honor our mother for as long as we're alive. And so let me just give you a couple last words that are on the back of your outline. And that is this, a word to mothers. As we've talked about this, you may not be perfect, but we encourage you, be honorable. Be honorable. Ephesians 6, 4 says, And now a word to parents. Don't keep on scolding and nagging your children, making them angry and resentful. Rather, bring them up with the loving discipline. And then as well, I, I realize in this day and age, Mother's Day is not always an easy day for those of you who don't have moms in your life right now. Or maybe even for those of you who haven't felt very close to your mothers, maybe by their choice. So let me give you a word to those of you without mothers. Psalm 27.10 says it like this. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. The word today from Scripture is that you have special attention from God. God is very close to those. He's the parent to the fatherless. He's the parent to the motherless. He's the mom. He's the dad. He comes in and he gathers us under his wings like a chicken. That's written up in Matthew and Luke where we see that imagery as a, as a mother hen gathers her chicks, kind of gathering. That's kind of the imagery that God has for us. And so moms, just want to encourage you. You play such a vital and significant role in your children's life, in your young children's life, in your teenage children's life, in your older children's life. And those who are children, see the value as you see mom all the way through those ages as well. But know that there is no perfect mother. And those of you who have hurt and damaged relationships with her know that God steps into that role as well. But realize, as a mom, the one who really is the master teacher of this is God himself who steps in and blesses in ways that we never could. That's why the value of a praying mom goes well beyond your years. Well beyond your years. Calling of a mom is a high, high calling. My challenge you today, even as we see the love of a mother is like the love that God has for us, is may I encourage you not to do it on your power, but do it in God's power. Because He's the one who strengthens you. He's the one who encourages you. He's the one who teaches us. May God's love be in you as you pass that to your children, to your grandchildren, to your great-grandchildren. His blessings upon you.